One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Askcast on askblog.com and I'm not even going to pretend I'm not doing this intro for the fourth time <laughs> already. That's the type of morning we're having but we told you last time we were going to bring you a big podcast ahead of the WSL season and that is exactly what we're going to do and to do that with me we've got as usual Pippa Monique. Pippa for the fourth time how are you doing this morning? Listen I just want to get this show on the road I'm still excited <laughs> I'm still excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that because uh, I'm I'm on the edge. Um, and as ever, as usual, Alex Ibaceta. Alex, how are you doing? I'm just thinking positive thoughts and thinking that we still have Viv with us this year. So <laughs> the positivity. Excellent stuff. And as well as having Viv with us in uh, the kind of footballing sense, in the very real podcasting sense, we also have Mr. Ian Wright with us. Ian, for the fourth time, how are you doing this morning? Yes, Tim. Big Tim. I'm good, Tim Stillman. How are you doing, Monique? Alex, good to, good to see you guys. This is my celebration. Legends <laughs> Thanks we, for having me on, man. Excited. Absolute pleasure. We've been, yeah, we, yeah, we've been hoping to make this happen all summer. So really, really grateful for you for doing that. So Ian, as our guest, I'm going to fire mm-hmm. the first question at you. Go on, um, then. And, and really, it's, I guess it's your overall, because obviously last season was the first season under Jonas Eideval, and we're just about to have a season with him after a full summer and everything like that. But obviously, you spent quite a bit of time with him this summer as well. Yeah. So just your overall impressions on Jonas, both last season, but also the vibe you got from him working with him on the BBC this summer. Um, last season, obviously, once he came in, we saw you know everybody take the kind of mickey out of him for, for his celebration after Chelsea which, you know, I, I didn't mind it too much, to be honest. You know, man was excited. And, you know, if anybody who knows him, like I know him now, um, they realise that this man is steeped, staunch Arsenal fans. So for him to be managing the women at the Emirates and beating Chelsea, of course, he's going to be excited. Um, but like working with him, honestly, man, he's just, he's just my guy now. Me and Jonas. <laughs> Jonas, that's, he loves it. That's why I call him Jonas. He says, oh, you pronounce it so well. But like, honestly, watching it with him, um, his depth of tactical and, and, and his analysis and the, the, the love for the game, guys, is something that I always um, kind of gravitate to. The man's passion for the game is unrelenting. You know, he watches everything. He sees things before things happen. He's explaining things to me. And it was just, uh, I always like doing it with um, with a, a football manager because they see things. And, he, he, and he's very enthusiastic about sharing his 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 knowledge about what's going on. It was brilliant. Really, really brilliant. And you know, because he's a massive Arsenal fan and like I remember the first time I met him, he, he kind of he was crying. He kind of like he was he welled up and he was crying. I said, stop Jonas, please come on. Jonas, Jonas. And he was cool. But like it was we're friends now. He's my he's my guy. And like from a player's perspective, obviously, you know, he like you said, he's very animated on the touchline. Um, maybe sometimes overly animated. I remember asking him about that last season. He said something like, because he's trying to get Arsenal to move to this more high-pressing style. He said, yeah. he came out with a phrase that was like, 
if you want your players to bring the heat, you've got to bring the fire um, or something like that. How do you think you would have responded as a player to a coach? Um, I guess with, with that almost Klopp-like um, kind of vibe on the it on the touchline. No, I, it, it wouldn't bother me. You know, I, the main thing is, is, is like what, what I had with, with George Graham in particular, same with Steve Copples, all of them really. Even even the boss asked they they they're not very animated on there. You don't see it, and I think that fans, especially especially opposing fans, don't like to see a manager being like. That. I love it. You watch Conte, um, you know he's very animal. Klopp, you know the same. Pep, I don't mind it. You know seeing your manager, he's in, he's in it, he's living it. And like I say with Jonas, knowing like 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 I know him now, he's living every kick of the ball. You know, so you know he, he, his emotions come out naturally. It's not something he's trying to put on. You know, what I mean that is his natural passion and his natural love for it. And it just comes out. I don't mind it. I'd love it. I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of his players throughout his career, I think most players respond to it. And there are some players uh, from what I picked up who who maybe don't respond to it as much. But um, we're we're here obviously to talk about what's coming next season. Um, As it stands, Arsenal have signed two players, uh, backup goalkeeper, uh, Kellyan McKersey, um, which I think was a relatively straightforward swap for Lydia Williams and Lena Hurtig, uh, the Swedish forward. And I'll I'll give everyone a nibble at this um, and I'll go with you first, Alex. Are you like there's a lot of Arsenal fans who are concerned by uh, what they consider to be a kind of maybe a lack of activity, maybe losing out on some big targets. Are you concerned ahead of the season that Arsenal haven't strengthened as much as they they maybe should have? Uh, Potentially. I think, I still think we have a great squad, but at the same time, we did talk about it at the end of the last season. Uh, I think the biggest kind of position that we don't have is a backup um, CM to Leo Valti, who has that same, you know, qualities and being able to control and, and dictate the rhythm. Uh, behind a Kim Little and now a Viv Miedema. Um, I think that would be the, the biggest kind of concern because essentially maybe Jonas didn't really lose him that much last season, but obviously Jordan Nobbs and Mane Wabuchi are kind of good players to have behind Viv in the midfield. But then if Leovalti goes out, we know we have seen her injured quite a few times. And if she does go out, we don't have that natural backup CDM position. And I think that's kind of where we can win and lose because we have seen games where Leovalti comes off and the game just changes completely. And yes, Frida Manum, you know, has been playing that role, but it's not her natural position and she doesn't really do it the same, um, the same style as Leovalti because when Frida Manum goes into that role, it's more of an attacking position of, of carrying the ball forward and exploiting the space in the midfield. But in terms of sitting back, you know, especially when you look at, the big games when you really do need to control, you know, when you play against a Chelsea who has a Pernille Harder and Aerith Cuthbert, you know, all these high tempo and really enthusiastic players, you need to kind of control the rhythm and, and calm down the team. And we've seen Arsenal struggle with that before. And on top of that, in the Champions League, which hopefully we, we do go through to the group stages, um, you kind of need that that rhythm and that basis to go off of. So I think that CDM position is what worries me the most of not having that backup. Yeah, I, it's the first question I've I've got planned for Jonas. The first chance I get to speak to him, assuming we don't sign one bef- before then, because I've not even heard a rumor so far. Pippa, what about you? Are you concerned by, um, I guess, the lack of transfer activity? Or Arsenal did bring in three players in January. Um, or what? What are your thoughts overall on the summer so far? We should say. Yeah, my thoughts are pretty much the same as Alex. I was a bit concerned. When I, not concerned, obviously I was excited when I saw we signed Lena and of course a backup goalkeeper, which was necessary. But the same feeling, I was thinking when there was a new player being announced, I was 
definitely expecting it to be a midfielder because even though we've had we have many midfield options, like you said, Jordan's been injured quite a few times. Mane Iwobuchi didn't feature that much last season, and Viv, of course, she's playing that number ten role now, but. We're so used to seeing her up front as well. So we need someone that's going to play in a midfield role. And like you said, Leah Walty, she is a key player in our squad. And we saw what she did in the Euros. When she, when she came up against Netherlands, the game completely changed and that was it. So it's like they were done for. Um, so we need someone that can back up to Leah Walty. But at the same time, we've still got time left in the window. Um, jo- Jonas seems a bit quite, everything seems very under the radar. So I guess we just have to wait and see. It's not like other teams where you know something's about to happen and you hear the rumours. We're just having to like wait in the lurch, which is a bit annoying, but you know, element of surprise can always be good as well. Long you, know the thing with, you, know, you know the thing with that as well, Tim, is that like, like spending the time with Jonas like I did, he, even before any, any ball was kicked, he... This is obviously a problem position for us because when mm. you looked at us against Wolfsburg in the Champions League when Leah weren't playing, we like like Alex said, we we, we can't control the game, we can't control the the tempo of the game. And he said to me at the start of the tournament, his dream is Oberdorf. Mm. That's his dream. So that's the position. It's, it's my dream too. It's, it's, my, it's, my dream. it's all about dream. <laughs> it's all about dream. And you could see what he's thinking because he knows that is a problem position for us. And and obviously he's he's shooting for the moon with Oberdorf, but that is something like we say, and, and like Alex said it, Pippa said it, it is the, the the standout position that we really do need to make sure that we can uh, we can plug that. We do need that because it's a major position for us that needs filling. It's just not about. Now that you said that name, like fans, Arsenal fans are going to hold on to that now. I was like, let's, let's <laughs> fight over the rumour. She's, she's the best in the world. <laughs> this is why, like I say, he's the, he's, she's the dream signing, but we just need to find somebody who can um, kind of fill in there and do and do that job for us if Leah's not about. Yeah, and I think when you look across the market, Chelsea are looking for a player like that as well because Melanie Leopold is on maternity leave. They've mm-hmm. tried for uh, Guerrero from Paris Saint-Germain, no dice. They've tried for mm-hmm. Amandine Henri. No, yeah. like they've gone for two of the best in the world, probably alongside Oberdorf and not got them. I think like there's maybe just a bit of a shortage in that position. But like I say, question number one for me, first time I get to speak to Jonas ahead of the City game is going to be, what's your, pl- what's your plan in this position? Um, we referenced uh, Mane Iwabuchi and Jordan Nobbs there as well. And, you know, we're talking about how the squad does actually look pretty deep. However, when you dig underneath, there are players who basically are squad players that Jonas either didn't seem to trust or didn't seem to want to rotate in very often um, at the end of last season. Ian, I know you're a big fan of Mane in particular. Mm-hmm. Um do you do you worry about that at all? Of course, Manor and Jordan both had injuries at the end of last yeah. season. But what what are your thoughts on um, how those two might be used next season? Well, it's going to be interesting because when you when you see the Viv now being in the number ten, it kind of takes up the places where Manor will probably operate in. Um, mm. Same with Jordan, to be honest. So you do you do worry for Manor, especially what she had like five hundred league minutes last season. I know we talk about injuries and stuff. Um, you know, it's, and, and it's nowhere near enough. She's coming. She's in her last year now, isn't she, Tim? If, if I'm right, you know, it, yeah. it's worrying for me because as a player, especially when you're coming up against a team that are low blocking us, I'm saying you need somebody on the ball who can move it quickly, find those little gaps in the passes, and be very clever and very, very in and around that area to, to get the ball into people like Steena, maybe off the shoulder and stuff like that. So I'm, I feel for her because I don't know how. 
she's going to be fitted into that. Same with like Jordan. And it's going to be, it's a problem for Jordan, obviously being called back up into the England squad. You know, she needs to play. So mm. you, you kind of worry about where they're going to play, you know, and the, the pair of them, it looks like it's probably going to be off the bench again. So they've both got a lot of thinking to do in respect to what they're going to do. And I'd love to see, I actually enjoy watching Mana play. It's, it's just lovely yeah. to watch her play the way she moves around the pitch and just moves the, keeps the game moving. And it's just a shame we can't seem to, to get her into the game because the game that Jonas wants to play is very high press and it's very physical. It's very get into channels. Like we see Steena getting into channels and aggressive kind of play and it kind of doesn't suit the way she's going to play. But there are games that she can, she can contribute. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think what's in, because we saw that with Nikita Paris as well, mm. but like Nikita Paris was kind of moved on, was sold. Um, whereas Mana and Jordan haven't been. Um, but I think it's clear we're going to have to find a way um, to kind of get them involved a bit more. Because like, even as, as rotation options, right? Viv can't play every minute of the season. So, you know, both both of those players are going to have to find a way in. Um, Alex, I wonder uh, what your kind of thoughts are, particularly for Jordan uh, coming up mm. to a World Cup year and Jill Scott's retired and there really seems to be like, a, I think there's a Jordan-shaped gap in that England midfield. But um, how, do, how do you see her kind of season ahead? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because uh, it is true, you know, now with Viv as a 10, it, it takes up almost two positions in the midfield, depending on how Jonas wants to play her. Um, I'd assuming that he kind of wants to play her off more of a false nine position, you know, at the top of, of the pyramid in the midfield and kind of playing off of Lina Hurtig or Sina um, Blackstenius. But then I, I kind of look at, you know, I always, the amount of times that I mentioned Barcelona in this podcast, um, <laughs> but you look at the Barcelona midfield and you have the Alex Sepulteas who plays on the left, Aitana Bonmati who plays on the right, and they kind of intertwine in how they kind of take on that number 10 role and how they they play with the front. So I'm kind of curious whether Jonas is going to keep Viv more central and, and closer to the striker, if he's going to let her kind of drift off to one side um, and have that balance between the other midfielder who plays ahead, obviously not the CDM and the Avalti in this case, but kind of that balance. And then you look at some of the experiments that happened last season with Manu Abucci as well and Jordan Nobbs, having them start off on the wing and them kind of drifting inside and becoming an extra midfielder to overload and kind of high press on that. But then obviously then you have the position of Caitlin Ford and Beth Mead that you have to sacrifice in that sense, which, I mean, you look at Beth Mead, that's not going to happen. Caitlin Ford, mm -hmm. maybe if you want to give her a rest, but it's just, it's, it's so many different options that Jonas has to have. And it's hard because we have so many good players in every single position. You don't really want to sacrifice, but I think I just wonder whether he's going to really incorporate players let me let me rephrase that if he's gonna kind of shift a style of play based on the players that he has so as i said you know maybe have a viv with another midfielder level to her or if he's going to shift someone in behind her more as an eight role um to kind of shift between that cdm and viv who's going to stay higher up so i don't know if he's going to play to do, his players you'll do that alex do you think he'll do that because then do you think then maybe jordan knobs can, can fit in there because she's a natural eight right Exactly. So that's what, yeah, I think, I do think Jordan suits an eight role rather than a 10 role. So I think she can play that perfectly, but then you sacrifice Kim Little, that's not mm, going to play in wow. behind then. So it's just, it's just, it's just a never ending domino effect, but I do think Jordan would suit that role, especially next to Viv, who's a more dynamic player and Jordan kind of get those, you know, 
threw balls off of Viv, but then again, Kim Little doesn't play. So what do you do? You're kind of stuck in that never ending cycle. So I'm kind of curious to see what Jonas is going to do. He has to be ruthless, man. He has mm-hmm. to yeah. be ruthless. He has to make those decisions. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think actually you saw like what you were saying there, Alex, about, um, you know, does he change the team or does he change the players? We saw someone like Leah Volti at the beginning of last season, didn't quite look the same. She, she even said um, quite, uh, quite candidly to me, she said like uh, 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 around about Christmas time, she said, I'm not happy with my performances. I haven't adapted to this new style yet. And then the second half of the season, she was amazing. Probably our best performer then. I think the midfield has shifted a little bit, a, a little bit the same as the men's team, right? I think Kim Little is at the base, a bit mm-hmm. like Thomas Party style. Mm-hmm. And Volt has actually gone off to the left a little bit. So I just wonder whether actually Kim Little in many ways is um, is kind of our number six now and Volti doing almost like her compatriot, Granit Xhaka. We've seen him in that kind of left eight role and she's been doing a lot of that this season. But it still, I think, makes us a little bit vulnerable there. Mm-hmm. Pippa, I, I don't think we've spoken, uh, you and I have spoken yet, about Kim uh, going on loan. Something's happened to Pips. Oh, no, I'm good. As you know, it's summer holidays and I've got a crying child in the background. So I was just trying to hold off. But as long as you can hear him, it'll be fine. That, that's absolutely... Listen, we've all got crying... Well, I, I've got crying children in the background as well. So good. It's, it's all part of what makes the podcast very, like, personal. Real. It's real. <laughs> it's life. Um, so, yeah, I, Pippa, I don't think we'd really discuss Kim going on loan to O.L. Rain um, this summer. Oh, my yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And she, and thankfully she's come back injury free. But um, what what were your kind of, I guess, your thoughts on that? What like were you? I mean, do you still worry about that? Because she played pretty much every game last season. Obviously, she's retired from international football, so she doesn't have that. Did you have um, any issue with Kim uh, going and playing at OL Rain, or would you rather she had her feet up? No, no, I, I was actually impressed at the, the work ethic, to be honest with you, because most of the teammates was still playing in the Euros. So many players went off to still play in the summer. And I'm sure she just wanted to, you know, would you say keep her feet warm? Like just carry on playing football. And just, just keeping the swing of thing and momentum because you know when you take a break, especially when you get a bit older. Not that I'm an athlete. I don't know about all that. But I'm sure she just wanted to just keep in the momentum, have some game time under her belt. So when she comes into the season fresh, look, she appeared back in training like she hadn't been nowhere. I looked at the photos like, oh yeah. Kim's back, but it's like, it didn't seem like she'd gone anywhere because everyone else had a, was gone at the same time as well. Um, but as long as she's fit and raring to go, we, she's one of the most talented and experienced players in the squad. Um, so she knows what she needs to do to perform at a high level. And that's, you know, she's a high, even though she didn't get to have the summer she probably dreamed of, she mm. is an elite athlete and that's probably what elite athletes do, carry on working. I, I, read some, I read somewhere, Tim, that, um, that she likes to stay active. She's one of those players yeah. that, you know, she needs to be continually active through the summer. So once I once I once I read that, especially it being a um, like a Euros, and you know, she's only just retired. She's used to that kind of and like that kind of activity. So it's mm. something that at her stage of her career, she knows exactly what she needs. And I, I when I heard it, I like you, Pippa. I was thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, do that because it's the kind of thing you can find that you, you, you stop playing and you, you kind of lose something. You lose your momentum you lose, and you don't want to get back into a season and you think, oh, I'm not quite right. Especially now when, you know, we need her at, that, at the start of our team and we need her ready to go. Her making that decision to go and play for our reign was, uh, I thought was for us, brilliant. Especially if they can give her 
you know, give her some rest during the season because she played a lot of minutes last season, her and Leah. They play a lot of, a lot of um, minutes. So it's going to depend on how he now uh, manages her having that, not having that summer off. But I think that from her point of view, recognising that I need to do that to make sure that I can hit the ground running, I think it's a brilliant decision that she made. Hopefully she doesn't get injured, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. And like, because otherwise it's four months. It's because nearly everyone went away for the Euros and half went away for Copper America. But otherwise it's like, it's four months basically from the end of the last WSL mm, season. It's a long time. So yeah, mm. it's a very long time. And I think particularly, you know, she's 31 now. And yeah, and yeah definitely. She wants to keep, to keep going. Yeah. Keep ticking over. But Pippa, another thing I, I wanted to ask you about actually, and I think something we should reference on the podcast is the welcome back that um, Hafaeli, Leah Williamson, Lotta Wubamoy, Beth Mead got club made a big, big fuss um, yeah. over that at the training ground. We saw it again at the Emirates on Saturday. Just, I guess, your uh, your response to that. I mean, I don't know if I can speak for Alex, but I'm pretty sure I can say both of us are pretty jealous that you were there. Congratulations on that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to mention that, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked like an amazing comeback to see the whole club there from what it looked like the players from the men's team the staff the coaching staff um an academy player that Leah used to play with and I think um Lottie as well it just everyone was there and it was nice to have people from the community there as well that support the women's game and have supported Arsenal women as well it was such a nice thing to do and to see the all the Brazilians all together um from both the men's team and Rafa take that picture of her Copa America um, trophy, um medal was outstanding as well and to have that at the Emirates I've been waiting for something like that and and this is how you get bums on seats for a big Northland derby at the Emirates you you big them up like the reception these girls got was amazing not just from the home fans but the away fans as well I was, I was getting so emotional when at the beginning of the game and Beth Mead came and she was announced the player of the season and then you know they have to do the walk out to go back out to their seats she has to walk past the away fans and so many of the Fulham fans you know stopped and took selfies and were just hugging her and embracing her and and when they came out at half time as well it was just such a beautiful moment and you can see because you know sometimes when you have that halftime ceremony fans are not really paying attention they've gone yeah. to go get their clients they've gone to get their drinks they're, they're talking to their friends catching up on the game but everyone seemed focused on what was going on on the pitch North London Derby's happening 24th September everyone was behind the team and it's just amazing so hopefully that that game's going to be incredible too mm. 35,000 tickets sold so far so yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and and Alex we yeah we we should reference that as well um you know th- at, at the time of speaking 35,000 tickets sold for the North London derby at the Emirates are you I mean I I think we all probably anticipated there'd be a bit of a bounce from the Euros in the summer but are, are you surprised by that number um at all um I mean I have to be, I have to say the truth and say slightly mostly mostly not because of the kind of effect from the Euros, but because of everything that we spoke about last time about how Arsenal aren't the greatest at kind of marketing that. Um, but again, like what they've done since then to kind of ride off the Euros wave and kind of focus on the team and the, of that reception, you know, of having men's players, fans and making videos of that and kind of welcoming people into the women's team as a part of, you know, Arsenal Football Club. It's not mm-hmm. just, you know, the women's team, it's, come see Arsenal, come see, you know, England champions at the Emirates in a North London derby there. It's kind of, it's promoting it a bit more as a whole club, you know, integrated into one finally. And, you know, it's always been like that in terms of Arsenal, but 
it has been lacking that kind of little push. And I think we we're finally getting that and you're seeing the, you know, the direct effect on it. And yes, of course, you know, the Euros have a lot to do with that. Um, you know, seeing Captain William, Leah Williamson, you know, she's become a household name now and she plays for the Arsenal. So, you know, we have to take advantage of that. Um, so it's, it's, it is a bit surprising, but at the same time, it's not, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just really, really stoked that we're kind of seeing that positive effect and we're finally seeing people come down for North London Derby and, you know, the facts, you know, every Champions League game, should we go on to the group stage, which I think we should, um, is going to be played at the Emirates. So you're seeing, yeah. you know, the amount of potential that can be kind of carried on. And so far it's looking quite good. And the other thing is that I'm, I'm quite excited that a lot of how it's being promoted is, is focusing on the football and, you know, seeing yes. these players, seeing Beth Mead keep scoring the goals that we saw her score at, at the Euros. You know, it's not being promoted as, you know, a family day out and stuff, you know, we're focusing yeah. on the football because it's so, so good at the moment, um, mm-hmm. which which makes me really happy as well. Yeah, really good, really good point there, Alex. You know, what's really cool as well is knowing that you can now get the 35,000 there. And if they, if you can continue, I know we're going to have the the Emirates for the, for the Champions League, but if you can continue to try and attract that level of crowd, then it won't be long before... People upstairs say, you know what, we can have it here. We can have those games here all the time. So to be able to have them on people's season tickets, people and people go in there to to watch the game, not going there to, you know, being distracted, you know, watching the game. Like when we watched the Euros and, and that, Tim, it's, it's like people were in it. There was jeopardy. There was like intensity. There was good play. So people are taking notice of what's going on. People got to understand that's what's happening in the women's game. And that happens all the time because I've watched games where, you know, you're watching the game and there's great things happening and people are kind of like still not kind of paying attention. So this is what's, this is what you want to happen at those games. Now that they've, like I said, put the, the season ticket, you can get it in, in your season ticket, the women's game, go. See if we can just get the 35,000s, 40,000s, not just for the North London derby, for all the games. So as then the ladies can play there all the time and get used to playing in that environment. You, you, you'd be surprised how much that changes your whole psyche of how you're going to perform and how you want to perform because you've got people who are invested in it and then you want to play your best. This is, this is, this is what you ideally want to happen. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I think that's um, uh, some, something yeah, Ian, I know you've talked about a lot um, on BBC during the summer as well about like the, the legacy of this tournament mm-hmm. should be the football, people the football. talking about the football, yeah. people being into the football. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything like that, and and yeah, to echo what you and Alex said, like I haven't seen any inspire the next generation yes, um, type yes. stuff in the market. We've done that. This. We've done that. But, you know, exactly. That's been done with with the with with the Euros, and everybody's done their bit. And like now, what's got to happen with all these? They've got to focus on the playing, the games, the tactics, the managers, the, the personalities, and stuff like that. That's what needs to be spoken about now. The people have got to deal with all the legacy stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of people trying to, every single woman player has got to be this unbelievable role model. No, they just want to play football. So that's what you want to happen to them. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And in the spirit of talking about the football, Ian, something um, I wanted to ask you about in the last kind of 10 minutes here Mm -hmm. is um, obviously one of the big changes we saw in the middle of last season. We saw Vivian Miedema kind of starting up front, yeah. kept getting substituted. It was clear that Jonas, you know, rates the player, but wants something different from a striker. Yeah. He's brought Stinner in, yes. much more of a runs the channels, penalty box type striker. Viv's moved to number 10. Mm-hmm. What, first of all, your, your kind of your thoughts on Viv moving to number 10 and your thoughts on Viv signing a new deal. Delighted that she signed a new deal because she's one of the best players in the world. Um, and for us to have lost, lose her would be a massive, massive blow for us. I think that when you listen to Viv, how she speaks, yes, she likes scoring goals because, you know, we all like scoring goals, but you kind of get the impression that she likes to create. She likes to assist. Um, and we sort of, I think the first assist, um, Boren Wood, that pass, which she'd done to Stina, Stina went through and finished it, was fantastic. Yeah, of course we want to see that act, that, um, that, that link up more. But like with Stina, the way she runs, how, how aggressive she is, her link up play, her finishing ability, you know, she is exactly what we need. And all you need now from Viv, because I watched her a few games and I, I thought towards the end of the season, especially, I didn't think she was she was as good as she could have been. She didn't stamp her authority on the game. I thought she was coming too deep in some in some instances. You know, I, I thought that some of the time she held onto the ball a little bit too long, maybe um, instead of like getting it off and getting it to Steena quickly. Because I remember, I watched um, one of the games at Boreham, I can't remember, she was making some unbelievable runs just needed to slip through and she wasn't getting it. Now, what we need to make sure that happens is that what happens is that Viv sees that quickly and does it quicker. Because if that happens with Stina and how good she is, how depth she is at one-on-one finishes, she's going to score a lot of goals because she's so direct, she's so aggressive, she's so strong. You know, it's, it's something that if they can be a little bit closer, like you say, Alex, instead of maybe Viv coming too deep to get... Because once she goes into that, people just, I'll just leave her. She's not going to hurt us there. She's just going to lay it off to somebody and go. So leave that. Leave that to leave that to Leah. Leave that to those to the midfield players, whoever Kim Little and that, and stay up there where you're going to be dangerous. Because I think that too can be very dangerous, especially. I'd love to see Stina just like let off, let loose a, 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 a few more times because she works that shoulder so well. That's what you want to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that, you know, looking at all of Stina's data around finishing and stuff like that, like you yeah. say, when she gets a chance, and we saw it in the Euros as well. Unfortunately, VAR kind of had it in for her. Yeah. But and yeah. every time she went through, she's just one of those players, um, you know, a bit like a, a former Arsenal striker I used to watch, Ian, whose name uh, escapes me at the moment. Me, like, I can't remember them. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Long, long ago. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Nicholas and Elka, but when they that's go the through guy, on goal, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> when they go through on goal, you just like you almost look away, you know, you just go, yeah, mm. that's that's a goal. Don't worry. We've about got to it. put her in that position, Tim. We've got to continue to put her in that position. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. So in the last kind of, um, we got six and a half minutes left on the mm-hmm. Zoom call, um, just to let you behind the curtain. So one of the things I want to ask each of you, uh, what you're excited about ahead of the season and what are you anxious about? So Pippa, if I ask you, what are you most excited about ahead of this season for Arsenal? Oh, I sound like such a pessimist because I don't know at the moment. Uh, I can tell you what I'm not excited about. <laughs> Go for it. What are you anxious about um, then? Let's I'm let's an- have your anxiety. I'm anxious about how, as always, how well we could do in the Champions League. It's, it's been a struggle um, every time we have been in there recent years. And uh, now that we've got the, the extra following behind us, like Ian said, having the extra boost for the players, I really, really hope we can perform in the Champions League. Um, I'm excited, of course, about just the WSL coming back and seeing some new faces in the league as well overall. But for Arsenal... Just get that title, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at. And in terms of the Champions League as well, we've seen that the uh, the women's team played a friendly against the under-15s last week, which is something that Jonas said he really wanted to do um, ahead of this ahead of this season in terms of preparing for the Champions League and some of those more physical teams. Alex, what are you excited about and what are you anxious about ahead of the season? Um. I think I'm excited about potentially challenging for the title again. I think we did that last season without even playing our best football um, and kind of scrambling a bit to kind of get to terms with what Jonas wants to do. Obviously, you know, it's just the start of Jonas's term and now he's finally had, you know, that full season, full summer, as you mentioned to him, to kind of wrap his head about exactly what he wants to do. And I think this season we're going to be a lot more clear about what we want to do. And then obviously we have Viv playing as a 10 for the entire season. So you can kind of get into the rhythm of that quite easily. So I think we can potentially, you know, I don't want to jinx it either. I don't want to say it. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to say competing for the title. Mm. Um, and I am, yeah, it does sound cliche, but I am anxious about the Champions League um, because as we saw, you know, we saw against Wolfsburg that, I mean, Arsenal played an awful game against Wolfsburg. Um, especially the away game was was not the greatest. Um, so I think it's about it's it's it is about the football, you know, being able to keep up with these teams. You know, Wolfsburg have I think one of the best, if not the best, teams in the entire Champions League at the moment. Um, and it's about keeping up with them and keeping up with the football. But I think it's a mentality as well. Um, we need to get back into the mentality of of being in European football and kind of convincing ourselves that we are good enough, you know, to get past the quarterfinals because I think we were good enough to be that Wolfsburg team, um, but perhaps crashed a bit mentally and, and kind of just didn't get it across the line. But I think it'll be interesting and I am anxious because I really do want to see Arsenal play in the Champions League for as long as possible because that competition is, you know, it's a really good competition to be in and it's kind of proving that you're one of the best in Europe and you are able to, you know, keep these players, bring in new players and be able to play really good football and compete in the Champions League. So I think I'm a bit anxious um, to see how we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. player retention and the Champions yeah. League, I think those two things are, are linked. We've got some big players, mm-hmm. I think, who want to see um, more from that. Um, Ian, one mm-hmm. thing you're excited about and one thing you're anxious about. Um, I'm excited about the development of the team. I'm excited about um, the Emirates and the, the amount of people that we can get in there. Very excited about Laura Reinwatha. I thought she was magnificent in the Euros. I'm excited about her development. Um, I'm, I'm very anxious about winning something. I think that this, we need to win something. I think this, this, this group need to win something. You want to go further in the Champions League, obviously, but I think that losing 
last season, especially the, the game against Birmingham, I still can't believe what happened in in that. But like to lose the the, the, the league by a point is is very tough to take. So I think that they've got to try and win something to keep this group focused and, and and moving forward, knowing that they can do it. And I think that they've got the right manager for it. We've got a good set of players now. So I think that that's what we need to focus on. We need to make sure that in the big games as well, that we perform. You know, t- too many times against the big teams, we haven't performed. We need to get those things right so as the fans can start seeing um, progress in that kind of, uh, in that area. Yeah, 100%. And I think there are, you know, there are four players that went away this summer and won something big with their countries. And yeah. I'd like to think they're coming back and thinking, you know, for Leah and Beth, they're looking mm. at that Germany team and it's mainly Wolfsburg players. And I yes. hope they're coming back and going, well, I beat them at Wembley in front of 90,000 people. So there's no there's no mm. way that when I put a red and white shirt on, I can't do it again. Absolutely right. And I really, really hope that they can bring that back. But um, yeah, I, I, I just want to say like um, I, I didn't really broach the uh, under 15s friendly thing because I'd actually like to do a, a proper podcast on it, like a proper mm. kind of deep dive into why that happens and, and and things like that. So we'll try and do that for you maybe in the next couple of weeks. I'm just trying to think of some guests. So I didn't really broach it in this conversation, not avoiding it, but I think it deserves um, proper kind of treatment. But mm. that's all that we have time for this week. So a very, very big thank you to our special guest, Ian Wright. Ian, thank you so much. A pleasure, man. A pleasure. Pippa, thank you so much as ever. As always, thank you guys. And Alex, thank you very much as well. Always a pleasure. And like I said, we'll try and do that podcast for you on uh, kind of the the phenomenon, I guess, of of women's teams playing against boys' junior teams. Um, But otherwise, we will speak to you in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much for listening and downloading and take care of yourselves. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.